Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. With Tech to the VO stars. George Whittam, founder of Source Elements. Robert Marshall, international audio engineer. Darren Robbo Robertson. And Global Voice. Andrew Peters. Thanks to Tribooth. Austrian Audio. Making passion heard. Source Elements. George the Tech Whittam. And Robbo and AP's international demos. To find out more about us, check theproaudiosuite.com. Line up, man. And don't forget the code TRIPAP200. That will get you $200 off your tri booth. Now, this is part two of our conversation we had with Michael Pearson Adams, Gomez, if you like, from Waves. This week's discussion kicks off in a different place. We're talking about hearing loss. Can I, I don't know, I don't want to take this off the rails too far, but something that's come up in the last couple of weeks more than once. So it seems to be, well, I wouldn't say maybe it's a coincidence, but maybe it's just the sign of the times and the fact that my clients are all getting older. But people are having a hard time finding headphones that work well for them anymore because of hearing loss. And, um, you know, so the, the topic came up. One person asked me about having their hearing aids tuned for professional audio. Another person asked me about just choosing headphones that are better for their hearing and nothing like that, nothing that they tried worked well, probably because they have severe hearing loss. I was going to say Friday, but normally ice cream. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what I'm getting at is I've been wanting to start focus. I've been starting to want to build a chain for monitoring specifically, especially for those with some hearing loss. And, you know, I'm wondering what of the tool set you guys, you think might be useful. Like if I was going to build a studio rack for a monitoring chain, um, is it just EQ or I'm actually looking at compression and EQ together because, you know, if, if you've lost some hearing in a certain band and you boost the bejesus out of that band, that could be bad too, right? <clears throat> Two what, syllables, what? F6. F6, okay. F6, six floating bands of uh, multi-band equalizing compression. Uh, gives you the ability to choose the threshold on each and every one of them, move them around, and actually decide how each of those bands is compressed or expanded uh, based on the reaction of the, the of the voice coming into it. To mm-hmm. me, that would be the best starting place for you to create a, a chain like that. Would be cool. that plugin because it has to it's it's a very it's obviously the only person that can decide if it sounds right is the listener like the exactly. person that has a lot so the way i would have to do it would be to log in remote source connect in remote in to their screen load the plugin you know put it into a chain and then and, and then, then just hide everything and give them the macros and name the macros appropriately yeah yeah well that yeah that would be the end result exactly you know um, and, but, but to have that ability for them to sculpt the sound of their own headphones in a way they never could before, this sounds like a, the right tool to, to attack that. I want, I want to start looking into building those chains for people because hearing loss is an issue. There is a risk there as well, yeah. um, of, and I, I talk about this in a completely different way for this than I would if it's, this was music. So for example, in the music world, um, we have the lowest latency, as in zero latency, um, uh, vocal tuning plugin, Wavestune, and Wavestune, uh, Wavestune Live. And there's always been a lot of stigma about, oh, you can't have tuning. It's like one of the best things a tuner can do 
if it's used properly, is give the singer confidence, um, not fix them, but give them confidence. So if it's yeah. on in the monsters, it gives them confidence to remember that they are good and they can do a great job. And that in itself, that confidence minimizes any sharp or flat notes because they're not nervous. Now, on the other end of that spectrum, um, George, is in a voiceover world, the first thing that comes to my mind is a concern by creating a chain that lets them hear it properly is making sure that they're not hearing, to use an analogy, to make sure that they don't think they're in a Porsche when they're in a VW. Mm -hmm. as far as other equipment, because audio processing can make you sound amazing, but it also could hide multiple issues with the track that you're recording if what they're monitoring isn't what's being sent to the client. Oh, I mean, I, I would never recommend yeah. someone who has loss of hearing loss, unless they are an actual engineer with years of training, I would never suggest that they go into this thinking that they're going to fix their own monitoring themselves without the ears of, a, of another engineer or an engineer with good hearing or trusted hearing that can make a judgment, for, help judge them on where those settings should be. I know, I know they could dig themselves into a heck of a big hole. Mm. Um, and and it, it can't be a response. It cannot be a re replacement for a proper, for everything else that we talk about, proper acoustics, noise floor, mic technique, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know? Well, usually with hearing loss, it's the upper frequencies that go first. So my idea would be to talk to Yamaha and get them to build headphones that sound like NS10s. Huh. <laughs> well, the headphones that you have, you're still using the Austrian Audio 55s, right? The X55s? Yeah. Remember yeah. when I reviewed yeah. those with you and I thought they were too mid-range forward, right? I didn't like the way they sounded, Yeah, yeah, right? correct. But for you, they were a great match, right? Yeah, that, perfect. That's the thing. And so headphones are, again, extremely subjective, but it can be a maddening process to try out a lot of different headphones. Like this client of mine. What was the headphone that like rang out your ear from the inside and then like I tried out your, your curve? Yeah. yeah. How did that work? They were really uncomfortable. Yeah. Really? They had in-ear in plugs that plugged into the inside of your, like, you know, in they literally went into your ears. Yeah. And then they had a surround cup that went around yeah. the outside of the ear. It was it was a little. Well, that bit, sounds horrible. They they sound like my they sound like my 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 in ear like the ones yeah, I, think I they're use called actually. Noratones or Nora but, something. I can't remember what they were called. I returned them. Yeah. Um, but the idea there being that yeah, you can make some, if you can make corrections to a point, and then eventually your hearing loss is going to be too too poor. But well, also you 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 can't correct it when you can't hear at some point. Right. So just cranking it up, just you know. You just end up with feedback through your hearing well, aid that, or whatever. That is true. Yeah. Well, I mean, my 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 friend is an optometrist or optometrist. My friend is an audiologist, and they said, you know, the damage, the danger is if you do continuously continue to boost, let's say four K, two K, whatever the frequency band you, just lose that you need, too. you will. You're still subjecting that SPL uh, on the eardrum, yeah, or more, and you're continuing to cause damage. So it, it's a it's an it's a tricky situation, but thanks for the F six uh, recommendation. I'll, I'll look at so that. The, there's a couple of things that the about that while we're talking about it, I just want to mention briefly for all you lovely people out there. A uh, quick analogy um, on my phone, uh, I have a setting on my phone just in the basic phone settings that limits the loudness that is allowed 
in my headphones on my phone and I can change it to whatever DB I want. And I have it set fairly um, uh, conservatively because I value my tool that makes me money, my ears. But then on top of that, I also have a pair of very large uh, monitors here in the studio that I have a mark on the output knob on the audio interface that I do not go above because at that point I know that I'm damaging my hearing. So um, my advice is always get used to listening as low as possible because you can, and this is something that Jeff Thomas told me Robbo years ago when he, when I was his student was uh, if you can hear everything, at a low volume, then it'll sound great loud. If you hear everything uh, when it's loud, you won't hear everything at a low volume. You do have to stay at the right place when you're mixing within like the Fletcher Munson curve to make sure that you're not, you know, um, you know, if you're listening too low and you don't ever check it out up there for just a moment and that like, I'm not talking about like hear damning, like hearing damage level, but you'll just lose the bass and the high end. It's just sort of the way the ear like at lower levels loses the outer extremities first. Um, so I think like anything though, I think, uh, you know, you, you like checking your mix on different monitors. I mean, I always check at different volume levels. I mean, different the, levels. Yeah, yeah. The dim button is, is regularly used for me, you know, I'll sort of, I'll listen to it in a, in a pass and then I'll dim it and, and switch monitors and have a listen that way. And yeah, just flick around. I mean, you, you could muck around with a mix forever, I guess, but you know, I think they're the they're the two essential things: is volume and, and different monitors. No, I'm I'm constantly surprised going when I think back when I was uh, living in Sydney and uh, in excess had Rhino Studios, Rhinoceros, and I was there for they were recording. I, I think I was there for Kick and X. I can't remember. Uh, no, it was definitely Kick. It was um, Kick. Yeah, so I was in there for Kick, and and I remember sitting there and they, when they were recording and stuff, and it was Chris we're Thomas, English sh- guy, really JP. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And then uh, someone said, "Oh, we're just doing a playback of one of the songs. I think was going to be the single. I, I can't remember. Come and come and listen." So we're into another room to listen to the playback. It was so fucking loud. Yeah, I I, I don't even know what the song was. I have no idea. How the, <laughs> I don't know what they were hearing because I couldn't hear anything. It's probably what you need. The first single was it? Probably. I I hate it when people like like when you're in a room and it's really loud and you're just like I don't want to be in here and you gotta like get out but not yeah you you really shouldn't go above like what like eighty or you should keep that at like maybe the top average average think, yeah maybe but, peaks yeah. of ninety to a hundred maybe yeah. but yeah, yeah maybe but, yeah. yeah it is amazing this the iPhone has the ability now to monitor your surroundings and it will actually or, or the watch I think more so. And that's almost like a reason to get the watch. I keep trying to not buy the damn freaking Apple Watch. I'm like, I don't want another addictive gadget. But the <laughs> fact that it does monitoring the, the noise levels around your environment and lets you know, yo, you are in an unsafe noise level environment, just so you know. It's mm-hmm. very, that's cool. it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost a reason to get one of those things. Um, yeah. Except it can't hear what you're hearing in your headphones, unfortunately. No, no, it can't <laughs> do anything for headphones. No, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I wanted to ask a question a little bit more on the if Gomez is here, but so I love the C4 and I use it like an EQ and I use it like a compressor and it's my DSer and it's just 
like whatever the hell you want it to be. And the F6 is kind of a dynamic EQ. The C4 is a multi-band compressor. You see how the different frequency bands work, essentially? Like you're able to tune the F6 more precisely. That is very true. But what are the other kind of differences between, say, a multiband compressor and a dynamic EQ? Oh boy! And and in like what uses? Wow, that's a can <laughs> of worms. This is what I, this I want to hear. Boom. <laughs> okay, so firstly, let's talk about the C4, right? So Love the it. C4 was a plugin that we developed not for studios, but we developed it for live. And it kind of really? was a mixture of, okay, so let's deal with something that gives you compression, expansion, a bit of limiting, dynamic EQ, normal EQ, and then has, uh, uh, you know, this one floating band, um, which we honestly didn't think anybody would use. And then everybody lost their shit over the floating band of the C4. Uh, sorry, not the C4. Sorry, not the C4. So when we updated it, when we went to the C6, we put... We put the floating band in because because uh, people are like that's you know, so funny. Do you know? Do you know what I lost my shit over in the C six? What was was the individual key per band? Oh, you said that, that's it, it. Just that's so awesome. Yeah. Like you can like it's like automatically duck it, but you don't have to duck the whole music. You can just sort of carve out some frequencies for the voice, and it doesn't sound like the music like fell out of nowhere. Well, the beautiful thing about it is it lets you apply per band compression, the expansion, yeah. upward expansion, um, and to, uh, to a point, dynamic EQ. Yeah. This was a tool that, again, is still very, very much a broadcast person and live person tool. Um, and we found a lot of studio people, not all studio people, I'm not going to generalize, but we found a lot of them were like, we just can't work out the use case for this. The well, answer. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like, why, why have a de-esser when you can just have a multiband compressor with a little compression on the high end? Because it's, like, it's not the way you're, you're thinking with your broadcast and your post-production hat on, not your music production hat on. So now let's go to one of my favorite products, the F6. The F6 is literally, uh, okay, so everybody loved the floating bands in the C6, so let's just give them six floating bands. What we did was we took our best code of parametric EQ, uh, and let you boost, cut, define, change the thresholds, cues, everything on it, so that you know it, your EQ basically flows with the music dynamics, and it's not just a static boost or a static cut. The one of the best things that you can do with the F6 is go, okay, right. So you know, use it as an EQ if you want, but then if you actually then choose, okay, cool. So on this one, uh, I'm gonna make this a mid or a sides processing channel. And on this one, I'm going to use this one with an external side chain. So you can have all of these things going on and every single one can have a different side chain if you want to. The, the F6 has a separate side chain for each band? Yes. Very sick. So I, I, I kind of think of one of the differences as being... The multi-band approach where you have the filters that are always going to trade off with the next frequency band sort of keeps you in line, keeps you more flat, and you're kind of doing more general sculpting, whereas the uh, the F6 being, you know, you got bandwidth, you can overlap things, you can poke a hole in this and not in that. Oh, there, I use it for carving. I, I use it for poking a hole in the mix all the time. 
it's um it's it's I'd, I'd say that it's it's much more possible to get lost in the F6 um and it's possible to I mean I, I like obviously with the C4 you can do crazy stuff as well but just that nature where the bands don't overlap and you're always dealing with sort of an equal right. amount across the board I mean the it, crossover yeah. uh, you know having having the crossovers and the the visualization of the crossovers between these plugins uh, has has helped people a lot um, but I actually find more people in user land for us get confused when they're talking to me about, uh, okay, so talk me through the C4. And, and this comes down to development and research and design as well. It's like C4, I find, confuses people on getting the best out of it way more in 2023 than the F6. The F6, they look at and go, oh, okay, cool. All right, I understand it because we made it feel and look more like an EQ than an, uh, than uh, than compression, but it's both. Yeah, I really like the design of that. I'm, I'm going to start exploring it more. I've played around some others, and this one looks more powerful and more flexible. And to be able to like set up a de-esser that's really precision and a de-harsher and do all that dynamically, that that's very compelling. I can set that up in a chain. Yeah, uh, I, I love this plugin. I really do. It's the uh, the go-to plugin in my template. Yeah. Be honest with you. Thank you. Oh, really? Thank you. Hey, I want to I want to throw one at you, um, and you could maybe dispel a bit of an argument that I've had with a few people. I want to talk about presets for a minute because the presets that come with Wave stuff are usually very good. There's no arguing with that. But I, I come across two schools of thought. I come across the people who basically go, "I love the you know such and such preset on this plugin," so I just I put the plugin on the track and I turn it on. And, and, and now I really play with it. My argument would be that, yes, it's, it's a great preset and it sounds good, but it's designed around someone else's voice, a different instrument, a different sounding instrument, whatever the, the case may be. It, it's always going to need some tweaking. Would you agree? Firstly, um, when we're talking about presets, uh, I, I, I feel like this year, well, actually in the last two or three years, we've kind of moved across a big bump of discussion and we've gone from presets are bad it's like it's cheating and all this kind of crap to presets are great thank thank god the the these software companies you know put so many of them in let me just take you through for a second so everybody knows how these presets come about and how much time goes into them so one of the first things that happens is the product manager and the team at Waves or whichever other uh, company, I'm going to guess they do roughly the same. Clearly not as good because we're awesome. Um, uh, but, but you know, <laughs> it's like the, the person who knows the plugin best is usually the product manager. And so a lot of those initial presets will come from the product manager because, you know, the average plugin, he's in charge of it through development, and that could be up to five years sometimes of living with that tool and working through development, QA, testing, beta testing, going back, fixing things, back into it again. Uh, so you get to know this tool intimately, and through that you get to create presets because of your intimate knowledge of that specific plugin. But then what we do is we have an artist relations department run by a mate of mine by the name of Gitai Barak. And Gitai will 
take these software tools, these plugins, and he'll reach out to all of our artists that are waves endorsed to artists, everybody from, you know, like the Chris Lord Algies, Tony Maserati's, Eddie Kramer's, uh, through to Manny Marikin and, and uh, Andrew Sheps and all the others. Um, Armin van Buren, Dead Mouse, and anybody that's, re- but but he will reach out to the ones that are relevant for the kind of person that will use this specific plugin, and we then ask them to create their own presets, and that's where you end up with the categories of different artists' names in those plugins. So in that case, yes, you are dealing with that person working on presets in their room. So if it says Andrew Sheps. It's done in the the ceiling space of his cottage in Worcestershire. It's a lovely sounding space. He's got a really nice setup. He's got PMCs. The room sounds amazing. That's where those presets come from. Um, and you know, a lot of people will say, well, it's Andrew Shep's preset. It must be amazing. Yes, for him, for you, it's a starting point. It's a mm. starting point. Take that great starting point from that dude with a lot of experience and then save as your name and tweak the hell out of it so that it works perfectly for you. They are a starting point. They are a shortcut. They save you hours upon hours of working out how to get what somebody else has already done for you. Yeah, I, I tell my clients yeah. that get my custom presets made, you know, this is a starting point. You can use this happily for many years and some do. I've had clients come back five, six, seven years still using that preset you made or that stack or whatever. I'm like, really? I wasn't a very good engineer back then, but whatever. Um, <laughs> if you're booking, that's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I tell people like, if you're only going to do one thing, get one preset that's EQ'd to you, everything's dialed into you, and now you have an awesome stepping off point to copy or make a duplicate from and go crazy. Now you... Now you can always mm-hmm. return to home and get back to a starting mm. point that works well. And so these presets that you guys have designed, yeah, they're not custom to tuned EQ or whatever exactly to that to the to your voice, but you're knowing that the parameters and the ranges of the parameters and such are in musical or tasteful zones. Right. You know? Yes. Yes, mm. perfect. I couldn't put that better myself. I'm going to use that on my next Facebook argument, George. <laughs> so we create these presets so that... And by the way, let me say, Michael, not everybody does good presets. I can tell you in a very big company who's DAW I use, and their presets are horrendous. So <laughs> you guys really yeah, right. do put in the effort. Sorry, go ahead. No, we, we, we really do. It's like, but what we try and do is we try and make sure that we're giving people a starting point um, that saves them time and uh, also take into account presets are there to give you an idea of what the potential power of the plugin is. So a, a preset might not, if you go through the presets, it, it might not be what you're after right now, but if you use the preset browser and just flick through them, you're going to find that, oh my God, it can do that. Fantastic. Save that for later. I save mm-hmm. presets that I want to get back to with my initials. Okay. And that way I can go through them and I can type in MPA and it brings up and it goes, okay, cool. Um, I need to get back and mess with that one or that one or that Good one. idea. It's funny, isn't it? We talk about presets and things, but it's uh, also uh, choices of microphones and preamps as well. Like I was doing a session this morning and uh, and I said, what do you want? You want me to use the you know a large diaphragm mic with a, ten, a 1073 or do you want me to use 
uh, 41.6 with a grace. And they're like, oh, 41.6 with a grace. So that's, it's kind of like a, an analog preset, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. As long as you know what you used, mm-hmm. like if you have to come back to that project again, that's, if you've got more yeah. than one chain, you do have to do the extra documentation as, an, as a voice actor to make sure that. Do you yeah. know what though? You don't, George, because that bloody forty-one-six. <laughs> there's no way you're going to miss that one. Well, no, it's... that mic is distinctive. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it is very distinctive. The more the more chains you have to remember and preset and store, the little bit more of a responsibility you're going to have to keep track of that later down the road. Like, and you got to pick up that a yeah, year exactly. later. Like I'm going to say yeah. less is more. Yeah. So just don't yeah. don't. I like. I mean, having two distinct options is smart. Having seventeen variations. Mm, <laughs> Maybe too much to keep yeah. track of, you know. So it's, yeah, it's sorry about that. To have yeah, this mic and preamp as a combo, you you use. I, I, mean, I have clients that have two mics, two preamps, or three mics, two preamps. What, what do they want to do? Well, they want to hear every combination of those three mics and those two. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't need to hear and use all three combos of every permutation. Once you have two chains or three chains, maybe that are like go tos, just go to it. You, know, you just find things that you like. Yeah. yeah. That work, that are convenient. Like they technically work together, they sonically work together. You know, they're they're packaged right. There's right. gear FOMO, man. It's FOMO. People are like, I, "There's something new. There's something new. What can I make it better?" I'm like, "I I get it. Yep. I get and, it." And this is kind of why. I mean, obviously, we've talked about creative access subscriptions for HomeWaves before. Um, one of the, the, the beautiful things about a subscription is, you know, if you're on, say, for example, the Essential, you've got 110 plugins that you can mess with. And then rather than actually buying them, if you decide, no, I don't need those plugins, then, you know, cancel the subscription and go and buy two or three of them instead. Uh, it's totally up to you. Um, it's like a mega demo. Yeah, pretty much. The ultimate demo of every plugin. <laughs> yeah. The, there is a, a very, very good argument for having an overwhelming amount of tools and finding that it degrades your work because you can't think about what to use at the time. I, uh, uh, I mean, you know, a perfect example is, and I'll, I'll take this back to, this is 2008. 2008, I get a phone call from a mate of mine, Brian Gold, who owns... Uh, a post-production studio house in Detroit. Detroit. Uh, I know him very well. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and he rings me and he goes, mate, we need Mercury Bundle uh, for all the rooms. I'm like, oh, I'm happy to help. How many rooms you got right now? And he goes, 13. So he had 13 rooms at Gold Sound at that point in time. He had uh, just put in D-commands, icon consoles, plus HD6 Pro Tools. <laughs> Was this when the Mercury Bundle had the TDM pricing and then the native pricing? Oh, you get, don't spoil my story. Um, so, <laughs> so, and Brian says to me, he goes, so I'm going to need Mercury Bundles for all of those. And I said, mate, for that, I will personally fly in, install them all, give you a huge hug, and then get you drunk. So Brian then drops the you know, the bill on this, which is, you know, at that time, TDM Mercury was $13,450 each so uh, and he bought 13 of them um and then he rang me and said give me another one i'm gonna have a floating one so there's 14 uh times thirteen thousand. uh you do the math so i i go into the studios and by this time i 
I'd known him and his team for a while, lovely people. Brian's still a really good friend of mine. And I go in and I install these Mercury bundles and I go, okay, I'm going to come back in three months. I come back in three months. These guys, after I've taken them through all of these plugins before, they were still using the four plugins that they were used to that they'd been using for the last two or three years. So there is a point where you have to look at this and go, okay, how many tools do I need and which ones am I going to use? And is too many degrading my work or improving my work? Mm. You're going to use the ones that give you the sound you want, the, the sound that you want and the sound that you like. Yeah. Okay, so I get one plugin and the yeah. plugin would be Gomez? Arvox. That's it. Arvox. It's, it's one of the most epically simple and productive plugins you can buy. For a simpleton... I want to go simple. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.